Our second scripture reading is found in John chapter 10. I'll be reading verses 1 through 10. John chapter 10. Jesus tells his early followers, Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. A little bit of self-disclosure here. We're all home folks, so I think it's okay for me to be able to to self-disclose this morning. (laughs) If, If we had a guest, I might skip this part. Okay. Sermons don't just easily pop out every week. I, I, you know, sometimes they almost write themselves. And it's like I'm just, kind of like whenever we talk about someone writing scripture and how it was inspired, you know, did their hand just come to start writing, you know. And sometimes that's what it seems like. At other times it is more difficult. And any preacher who tells you otherwise, let's just say, might be stretching the truth a little bit or they're getting their sermon somewhere else. This week, I've had our scripture passage in mind from John 10, and I knew that I wanted the title of the sermon to be Voices. And so I've been thinking about it all week. That's what I, typically what I do. I find the scripture passage, if it's from the lectionary or if it's another one that's on my mind, I think about it all week and think about different situations, examples, etc. And so I've been thinking about it all week, and I've have different ideas bouncing around on what I wanted to do with this sermon, but I don't actually start writing things out, usually until Saturday morning. Saturday morning, that's pretty much my time where I kind of hole up with the computer and start writing. Well, yesterday morning, I sat at the computer, I worked on some other things, and just kind of waiting for that spark to begin. And it, it just didn't happen. It just didn't seem to be there at that point. And so I heard the mail truck drive up about 10 o'clock, like clockwork. I sat a little bit longer, kind of piddling, trying to organize my thoughts. A little while later, probably a half hour, 45 minutes, I go out to get the mail, and there is one piece of mail in the box. I opened the box, and this is what was staring me in the face. I kid you not. 
And I'm just like, wait a minute. No, really? Really? And it was one of those moments, I got to tell you, it just really kind of got to me. Uh, and, and not to mention that the book they're advertising, the word strong on it. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 okay, I'm just saying. Sherry likes to say, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, okay. I'm going to come back to this a little bit later, so hold that thought. Voices. We are keenly aware of voices in our lives. And depending on the context, the word voices can carry several different meanings. For example, if we use the word voices in the context of a psychotic disorder such as schizophrenia, the term would indicate these voices that are inside my head telling me to do something that I probably shouldn't do. There's a fascinating video clip. I don't think I've to if I've told you about it, I'm sorry. Uh, Anderson Cooper from a few years back, as he participated in this experiment, he agreed to wear a set of earbuds for a day of work. And these earbuds had been designed to mimic the kinds of voices that a schizophrenic hears. They were designed by someone who actually had schizophrenia. And so uh, in this clip, he, he tries to do normal things at work with these earbuds in, and he found that he could not complete the most simple of tasks. He had trouble focusing when someone else was speaking to him. You could sense his frustration, and at one point he said, you know, I, I really wanted to start talking to these voices, which a schizophrenic does, uh, and he said, I just, I could not focus. If you Google Anderson Cooper voices, and it will. Sh this video will pop up. It's, it's, I show it to my classes, and they're just like, really? Voices. The sounds of different kinds of voices are extremely important to us. If you've been to our website or our Facebook page over the last couple of weeks, you will know that Corey has placed an audio post of the past two sermons, his from two weeks ago, mine from last week and when he recorded mine last week and he wanted to play it back to me I said no 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 no. I don't want to hear it don't want to hear it most of us don't like hearing our own voices when they are recorded okay and I, I don't like that either just put it on there but don't don't let me listen voices parents are particularly sensitive to the voices of their children I don't think they'll mind me telling you this, but I was eating lunch with Kenneth and Sherry yesterday, one of the best burgers that I've ever eaten in my life at this place. What's it called? The Shearshank? Shearshack. Shearshack. Wow. And uh, Kyle uh, dialed in with the FaceTime. And there's just something about hearing your child's voice especially when he's in Valencia, Spain. You know, I think that's where he was, headed to Barcelona. Yeah, he's, in Barcelona. he's in Barcelona today. There's something about being able to hear your child's voice, especially when they're halfway around the world. But even when children are very young, parents can pick out their children's voices or cries over those of other children. Parents can even detect the type of cry from a baby or a child, whether it's a hunger cry or a hurting cry or a you need to change me cry. 
It's the same for pet owners, too. Our pets respond to our voices. We respond to their voices. Voices are important to us. But you know, they must be important to God as well. I want you to listen again to a portion of our scripture reading from John. Jesus says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, we know that Jesus wasn't just talking about sheep here. Of course, his early disciples did not have the advantage that we have regarding knowing what he was talking about. They didn't know what he was talking about, so he had to try to explain it again. He is the gate, he told them. During that day, the shepherd would lie down at night in the gateway to keep the sheep from getting out and to keep predators from getting in. So the shepherd became the gate if there wasn't one. Jesus tells them, that's me. And my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. They are comforted by my voice. My voice to them allows them not to be fearful. They know I am there for them. And thus the voice of Jesus, the voice of God, would seem to be an important thing. And so the question that we might pose today is, how in the world do we hear the voice of God? And we've talked about it before. wish Peter was here because Peter and I have talked about this, how easy we think it would be if Jesus himself were physically among us and were walking among us like he did back then, we could see him face to face and we could hear him physically speaking to us. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean we would listen. I mean, think about what happened to Jesus. Not many folks listened, and he took it to the cross. But in fact, we do not have the physical Jesus walking among us. Yet we know that hearing the voice of God is still important. So how can we hear today? As I've often done, I look to respected theologians to see what they think on the subject. And one of my favorite, you know, is N.T. Wright. And so I'm going to reference uh, something from his book called Simply Christian. Wright says we hear echoes of a voice calling to us from many directions. To hear these echoes correctly, he writes, is to hear the voice of God. And it might be, if you didn't know better, you would think that he wrote the words of the hymn, God is Calling Through the Whisper, because as we sang that hymn, these are the things that he writes about. He says that one of those echoes that we hear is the echo of justice. He says everybody hears it, even children. Let one child stay up later at night than the other, and you'll hear, that's not fair. 
We want things to be right, to be in proper order, but we live in a world so often out of order. Racism, religious oppression, laws which serve only the powerful. We can multiply examples. We try to bring about justice, but it slips through our fingers. He writes, some say the echo we're hearing is just a dream, that there can be no justice. Others say there is such a thing as justice, but it's from another world and cannot be attained here. Still others say it's the voice of someone speaking to us from elsewhere. God is calling to us, telling us what is right and wrong, and bidding us to pursue justice. The second echo he talks about is spirituality. Wright tells a parable of a dictator who believes it isn't safe to have water coming from so many sources in his kingdom, so he decides to cover with concrete all the land that once was marked by springs and provide one water source for all the people. This is safer, he thought. It's controlled. In time, however, the waters of the springs began to break through the concrete, and soon they erupt all over the place. The water in the parable represents spirituality, the point being that we so often want to deny the spiritual or the supernatural in our lives, in the world. We want to be able to try to control things. But our belief in God and Jesus and the resurrection and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives absolutely falls into the realm of the supernatural. Wright says there's more to us than what can be studied scientifically, and I would agree. The third echo he talks about is relationships. He asks, how is it that we ache for each other and yet find relationships so difficult? It's obvious that we are made to live in relationships with other people. In the realm of relationships, we hear the echo of a voice telling us something very important about ourselves. We find our meaning in the context of a society, small or large, including intimate relationships. We seek good relationships. And the final echo that he talks about is beauty. And the question is asked, is beauty important to people? He writes, not everyone is a patron of the arts, to be sure, but people put time and money into making their homes attractive places to live. Even a person who doesn't care about such things will be found outside on Saturday washing his car. Yet for all our love of beauty, we find it difficult to capture. Artists paint canvas after canvas trying to get it right. But beauty is transient and incomplete. But we can see beauty all around us in God's handiwork. He speaks of things being beautiful in and of themselves. So according to Wright, we can hear God's voice in at least four ways. Through justice, spirituality, relationships, and beauty. And he ties these to Christianity in this way. He writes, the bottom line is this. The death and resurrection of Christ 
provides a context within which these things come to fruition, where his creation will not be ultimately frustrated by the fallenness of the world. For you see, Jesus is the one who both makes sense of our longing for justice, spirituality, relationships, and beauty, and who makes them possible. And so we might ask, what are the implications for the church? And so he tells us, we participate in the life of the church. We read and we speak the word. We engage in worship and prayer. We partake of the Lord's Supper. In all these things, we declare that God is, in fact, engaged in the world. And as a result, God's Spirit is at work through us to set the world to rights. Justice should be demonstrated by the church. And it will be complete one day. We discover true spirituality that we can partake in both the earthly and heavenly realms because we are body and spirit. Both parts of our nature find their fulfillment in a proper relationship with God. We are given a new relationship with God, and the Spirit works in us to show the love of Christ to others and hence to establish and maintain good relationships with people. And through the church, the Spirit works to restore beauty to this world and to free it from corruption. One day, God will restore beauty completely in remaking creation to be what it is supposed to be. Can you think of four ways better to be the church? But through justice, spirituality, relationship, and beauty all of which Wright is telling us are ways that we can know that we are hearing the voice of God. As Christians, he says, we are workers for justice, explorers of spirituality, makers and menders of relationships, creators of beauty. But we are called not only to listen to the echoes of these voices, but to be people through whom the rest of the world comes to hear and respond to that voice as well. Now, these are just a few of the ways that we can hear God's voice. I, I've not mentioned the Sunday school answers of prayer and Bible study. And certainly, if we ask most believers, what ways do we hear the voice of God? You're going to get the answers, prayer and Bible study, both of which are certainly valid ways to hear the voice of God. But I've got to go back to my first example. I'm just here to tell you, I don't care who you put before me to argue with me. It's not a coincidence that this was sitting in my mailbox yesterday morning when I was struggling to know what to do and knew that the title of the sermon was Voices. Well, you can try to explain it away if you want to. Can't do it. And then to have strong on it, you just can't do it, folks. God speaks to us in so many ways. 
ways that we know and ways that the world might not be able to understand, but that we as believers can say without a doubt, I know that the voice of God is speaking to me through something or someone. And the beauty of it is we don't have to have Jesus physically walking among us. Scripture talks about blessed are those who have seen and believe, but even greater for those who have not seen and still believe. God speaks to us. Are we listening? Let's pray. God, our Father, we, um, we give excuses on why we don't hear your voice, on sometimes thinking that your voice gets crowded out by the other voices around us of this world in which we live. Yet, Father, just like a parent and a child, just like those relationships that we rely on so heavily in this world, we know that we are to be able to distinguish your voice over the others around us. Father, as we make our way in this world, as we find ourselves going back to work, as we find ourselves going to our homes, as we find ourselves spending time with friends and family, as we get back into the routine of our weeks, we pray, Father, that through all of this, in whatever way you see fit, that we would be able to hear and to follow your voice in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray.